their experience and also answer some questions that the audience may have about um, what they're what they're living through. And um, so hopefully we learn strategies, we learn um, how to get involved and how to you know be an active participant in in our communities um, while pursuing you know whatever it is that we're pursuing career wise. So welcome and um, I'll. I'll, I'll pass it over to Megan and Drew to introduce themselves, who are also uh, the coordinators of this this uh, program. Welcome, everybody. I'm Megan. Got the Sleeping Bear Dunes um, in the background. I highly recommend you you go see it. But I'm just don't want to take up all the time. But thank you all for joining us. Um, I'm really excited to hear from the students' perspective. Hi right, everybody, I'm Drew Baker, as the little name in the corner says. I'm actually in Andy's room, if you don't know. Um, but yeah, super excited to hear some of the voices of the students. Sorry, my phone literally just rang. Um, wow, look at that. But just super excited to hear from you all, to share and learn with each other. So what are we, we're going to go ahead and hear from our first student. Actually, we're just going to do a quick um, link to who's who is our featured guest? Let's go right up here. It might be different in your screen, but we got Jay, raise your hand. Everybody. And, and Alondra. Hi. And Rebecca. And Fong. Hello. And Edwin. All right, so Jay has the bravely said he's going to go first. And we're going to get each of our guests five minutes to share what's on their mind because they got a lot on their mind and, and these students have been very active. Um, really exciting to see. Um, and they're going to do five minutes to share and then we'll open it up. Oh, also, if you have questions, um, please type it in the chat and then we can have the panelists um, answer them later. Okay. And we're going to be out of here by one o'clock, hopefully. So thank you again for joining us. So Jay, take it away. All right. Thank you, Megan. As Megan stated, I'm Jay. Um, I'm a senior here at Michigan State University. I'm a theater major with a concentration in acting. Um, a little bit about me and what I do on campus. So I've been involved with BSA or the Black Students Alliance for four years now at MSU. I served on the e-board for um, two years. And um, I've done Spartan Remix. I served as the uh, one of the publicity chairs. And this year I'm serving as the student coordinator for Spartan Remix. So if anybody's interested in joining Spartan Remix and wants to be a part of the committee, shameless plug, hit me up or email OCAT. Um, just to talk about what's been going on, it's just, it's definitely been a mix of emotions. Um, it's definitely been a roller coaster. Sometimes I'm really angry and then sometimes I'm really sad and then like sometimes I'm really inspired by the things that are happening. Um, the fact that it took us protesting and like tearing stuff down for them to even, you know, bump the off to even charge the officers in the first place that were responsible and then to bump it down to um, to second degree murder, that stuff, stuff like that really inspires me because it shows me that something that we're doing is actually working and it, it's worth, it's a worthy cause for fighting. Um, one thing that did upset me, and I kind of talked about this um, on my Instagram, um, I feel like the response to this was very slow for people who were non-Black. 
um, I feel like when any other issue happens, black people were always there for everybody. But it seems like when something happens with us, like when that, when that cathedral burned down, everybody was like posting and, you know, donating and different things like that. But like when something happens, when it's us literally fighting for our lives, um, it's a struggle to get that same response and to get that same um, support. And then, um, you know, it's like, I don't ever want to beg anybody for, um, to support our cause. That's, you should be doing that already. So it's like, you know, I don't want a pity, like, response. Like, I don't want pity, but I want people supporting who actually support the cause. And um, one concern that I have, I feel like people are now, like, because, you know, I've, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I've been down people's throat. I'm not afraid to speak my mind and say how I feel. And I feel like people have been supporting, but it's more like a trendy thing. Like, when this is all, when, like, the buzz all dies down, are you guys still going to support us? Are you guys still going to be there? Because at the end of the day, white people, they can go back into their privilege. At the, I'm still living through this. This is still my life at the end of the day. This isn't something that I can go home and put away. Like, you know, this is my life and this is what I'm living through. So I just want to see more support i want to see more people speaking out i had a friend talk to me and he's like i don't really use social media but you know um i want to let you know that you know i support you and i and i told him i'm like i'm gonna be honest with you like that's not enough like you need to publicly state your support because when you do that you're gonna influence your other people that see that and then they're going to talk about it and then you can spread awareness to different things and then um, I don't want to like go too long because I have a lot, but um, I'll keep it brief. Um, I had the opportunity to go to um, a protest this um, past Sunday. And it was just a very, it was a good way for me to get a lot of my emotions out about what I've been feeling. Um, we, there were some speakers and it was peaceful for the most part. Um, you know, of course people were angry and you know, people have the right to be angry. We've been going through this for so many our ancestors have been going through this for so many years like it's you know it's non-stop and like um i just feel like it was a good opportunity for voices to be heard for people to come together um if you have an opportunity to go to a protest i definitely recommend it especially if you are a you know a white person we need you guys there because we can't always put our bodies on the line we need people to protect us and people that you know, the system is benefiting to be there. And um, the last thing that I'll leave you all with is, um, this is something that I've been hearing a while and I definitely agree with it, but I don't think that the system is broken. I think that the system is benefiting those who it was built to benefit. Um, racism has been built in the DNA of the United States of America. And if we truly want change, we have to break the system. We have to start a revolution and, you know, tear stuff down and, you know, make, build something up that's new. Um, but that's what I want to leave you all with. Um, that's how I feel about what's going on. But thank you for listening. Thank you for your time. Thanks, Jay. So uh, what we'll do now is um, continue to encourage people to comment in the group chat, also post questions that you have in mind. And uh, we will move on to the, to the next uh, volunteer of our panelists to uh, introduce themselves. Who is it gonna be? Wave your hand and unmute yourself and go. Uh, I can go next. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, thumbs up. All right, cool. So um, my name is uh, Fang Huang. I am a incoming junior at Michigan State. 
Uh, just got accepted into the College of Engineering, so pretty happy about that. Um, so I uh, work closely with the uh, APASO, so Asian Pacific American Student Organization. I've been working with them for a year now. This is my uh, second year working with them. Uh, last year, I was their outreach chair, so this year I'll be their residential housing assistant representative. So hopefully I'll be able to, you know, mix, stir some stuff up within the uh, residential housing assistant area to help benefit, you know, the marginalized communities. Um, I, I want to talk about um, how the APA community, you know, Asian Pacific American community has really been reactive instead of proactive. So um, a good example would be, you know, talking about these modern day lynchings. The first murder, uh, Ahmad. I try to use my platform to really, you know, uplift this and try to really speak upon this, but my community really uh, backlashed on that saying, you know, this isn't our area, we shouldn't be doing this. And to that, I was puzzled. I really thought about it and it really got to my attention that within the APA community, there's a real sense of anti-blackness, which I want to change, really want to educate. And I'm not blaming anyone and no one's to blame here besides the system, because if you think about it, you know, many APA community members have been colonized. We have colonized minds, right? So my goal is try to rewire that, try to uncolonize their mind and really get them to think deeper instead of, you know, just the top level. It's like the iceberg, you know, we're only at the top level. We want to go down below. And um, because of that, I really want to try to work with uh, my platform and try to up, you know, try to educate my community really on how to be a better ally, be more proactive, you know, instead of waiting for someone to speak, you know, just step up and speak. For example, like, you know, a bully incident, you see this online everywhere. People, you know, are using this as an analogy. You don't wait, you know, if your friend is getting bullied, you don't wait to step up, right? You step up immediately. So that's what I want my community to do for everyone. Thanks, Fong. Who is, uh, who wants to go next? Um, I, I can go. Uh, uh, what's up, y'all? My name's uh, Edwin Jaramillo. Um, I am a senior, um, basically already graduating um, journalism student here at Michigan State University. And yeah, I mean, um, just a lot. There's been a lot going on. I mean, in terms of my involvement, I've been involved with Crew, um, which is Culturas Las Razas Unidas, not Christian Crew. It happens so many times. Um, I've been involved with Crew, which is a, um, the Latinx community here on campus um, for about three years already. Um, and yeah, I mean, just kind of seeing clearly what um, the pandemic has really done to our day-to-day -day society at the moment. I think this pandemic has really painted the narrative and uh, painted a clear narrative on what systemic issues we have within our society here in the United States as a whole. I think. Um, rather than it being um, POC or marginalized communities basically saying um, that there is issues, the pandemic really clearly lined up, lined up those issues for us to really take into consideration, engage at. And it's just been really exhausting and really hard to kind of see everything play out and everything go around happening. Um, just with everything that's been going on with Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, and countless more George Floyd, it's just been really exhausting to see everything going on. I'm, I'm currently in Southwest Detroit, Michigan, and I've been attending um, every single protest in terms of um, what's been going on since day one. And it's just been kind of refreshing and nice to see so many people from so many backgrounds come together 
and being able to kind of see what was going on for a cause. But one of the main things that's really been hitting my mind is where was everyone at before that point? Where, where was everyone at before all this has been going on? Where was everybody at when we were all as a community, as POC, and specifically when the black community was saying that all this was happening and all this was going on? And I really think people need to be, um, like Fong said, they need to be more proactive rather than reactive at the moment. Educate your family. Edu it all starts with your family and those around you. Don't excuse your friends just because they're your friends. Talk to people. Actually call them out on the stuff and day-to-day -day stuff that they do. Because at the end of the day, we're all in this system that basically teaches us that our communities and POC are at the bottom of the line. And that really needs to change. And that really needs to change with us and the people that were around for the narrative to really start to, to completely change at a systematic level that we're at right now. But yeah. Thanks everyone. Uh, <clears throat> who wants to go? Next, Rebecca and Andra. Yeah, I can go next. Can you hear me? Yes. Hi everyone, my name is Alondra. I'm from Southwest Detroit. Okay, can you, it's saying that I'm muted. Okay, I'm from Southwest Detroit and I do a lot of organizing here in Southwest, but I do a lot of like advocacy work and stuff for Culturas Las Razas Unidas on campus. I'm the incoming vice president. Um, our focus this year is gonna kind of be on retention rates as well as bringing awareness to the anti-blackness in the Latinx community because it's very real um, and sadly it's really real. And um, I feel like I've always knew that growing up, but I went through like a lot of different trainings at a young age where like I learned about like diversity, privilege, and oppression. So I've always like had these difficult conversations with people in my community. I just didn't know it was so real in my friend group till this like upcoming, till this week. And it's just been like, been very sad. Um, and it's been really difficult navigating those conversations because I just didn't know like people were so ignorant on issues. Um, but in regards to like, everything going on like at the protest um me tammy and edwin um we raised money we raised 855 dollars to donate waters first aid kits masks to people at the protest um and i feel like this was something that i wanted to do because sometimes when you're at those protests like and people know like in my community a lot of people know that like i like to be involved sometimes they want to ask you like like oh can you share something and i feel like that's not, as a Latina, like, I don't need to tell you, like, what it means to be Black in America, because that's not my place. Like, give the spotlight to Black activists and Black organizers who can really tell you, like, a real story. Um, because, and I even had this conversation with friends, like, for a Latina, like, I'm pretty, like, light, so my experience will never be the same as anyone else's experience. Um, so it's been a, really an opportunity for me to, like, like, I don't want to say, like, be, like, hands off, but kind of, like, hands off, but still be there supporting in a different way. Um, and yeah, that's been my, like my experience and yeah. Thank you, Alondra. Rebecca, last but not least. Hi everyone, my name is Rebecca Long. I am an incoming junior at Michigan State University. Um, I'm majoring in community governance and advocacy um, on a pre-med track. And the state of the world is just, a lot it is really a mix of emotions um it is motivational it is scary it's a lot of uncertainty um 
On Michigan State's campus, I'm involved with ASMSU. I am the diversity and inclusion program coordinator. I also been working with OCAT since my freshman year coming into college. Um, I'm the CORS and COPS, uh, the Coalition of Racial and Ethnic Students and Council of Progressive Students um, coordinator with BSA. Um, I'm pretty involved with diversity and inclusion. That's really been like where I've been motivated mostly by and just like making sure that marginalized and minoritized groups are represented and at the tables making decisions. And I feel like right now what we're seeing and um, is that these problems, these issues are not just black issues. These are not just, this, these issues did not appear when George Floyd was murdered. These are deeply ingrained issues that are in our country. And now more than ever, we see that we are really putting the pressure for not only our community members, but for people outside of POC groups to see what is happening and to speak up and be advocates for us. Um, during this time, I've also worked, or I'm an intern with Purgeon Students, which is the public interest research group in Michigan, where I'm working on the new voters project or new voters campaign, where we're trying to get over 8,000 students across UMich, Michigan State, um, Western, Eastern, all the community colleges, LCC, registered to vote and institutionalized civic engagement on campus and in our communities. Uh, I also just started an organization with four other black women called BAM, Black Activist Mobility Network, where we actually just organized a protest in Troy, Michigan, where we had over 800 um, people of every single background show up, speak up. And that was just, it's powerful this time that we're, coming together that we're uniting, that we're, we're uniting over human rights. It's not just a black issue. It's not just a white issue. It's not, it's not simple like that. It's so many things that are ingrained into our country. Um, and Jay, he said it, he said it best when he said uh, that the system isn't broken. It's strategically designed to repress, to hold back, to push down. So it is important for us to to know these issues, to educate ourselves on the issues, but then put the pressure not only on our officials, but on our family members, on our community members, because we cannot rely on our national government to do the things that we wanna do. They're not in our communities. They're not in Detroit. They're not in East Lansing. They're not seeing what we're going through. So it all starts with local leadership and civic engagement. And I think it's so important for us to make sure that we are realizing that there's so many things that we can do it's not just going to a protest it's not just signing petitions it's all of that but it's much more and i feel like it's imperative for us to realize that there's so many things that we can do to bring about change and it starts with one educating ourselves it starts with talking to our family members it starts with writing that petition signing that petition sending out information speaking up just sending a video on instagram on snapchat just using our voice and i think that's an underrated thing that we don't realize is that we have the privilege to speak up. We have the privilege to post. We have a phone. We have laptops. We, got, we can call people. And it's so many things that we can do. And I'm just realizing in this time that it really comes down to putting the pressure on 
our community because we direct society. We cannot let society push us to where we don't want to go. It all depends on where we want to go, our intentionality, and how we're empowering our others to our other community members to be strong and to speak up. And I just want to thank everyone for joining us today. Um, and we're also uh, organizing another protest this upcoming sun Sunday in Birmingham, Michigan. And we're collabing with Power Detroit, another organizing group. So yeah, I can put that information in our, I think they dropped some information in the chat. Uh, yeah. Yeah, thank you guys. Awesome. Thank you all so much for, for that, those wonderful introductions. Uh, they were very insightful. Um, so I'll, I'll ask the first question, if that's okay with Megan and Drew. Um, the the follow-up question are, um, since all of you are actively involved and have been actively involved on campus and in your communities, um, but particular in particular on campus, um, all of you have been in organizations that advocate or represent um, or are working for the, the best interest of specific communities. Um, the question is, what are the biggest challenges your community or constituents face or deal with at MSU? Um, I can answer that if nobody else wants to go first. But um, so I've been thinking about this for a while, um, just because there's a lot of different issues. And if we were to go through all of them, that would take this entire hour block. Um, but I've talked to people in my community and like I have some ideas in these. I have three main issues that came up all the time. I'm going to try and keep it brief. Um, the first one is with the university, they have a lack of acknowledgement and accountability. And when I say that, I'm speaking specifically about racial incidents that happen on campus. Um, the university is always so slow to give a response. And it's like, it's not until our communities put pressure on them to say something about something that they actually do it. And that's really frustrating because it's like people aren't aware of things that are happening. And it's like the university they're being hypocritical because they say that they value diversity and inclusion, but like when stuff happens, you're not willing to call it out for what it is. And then um, going into that, um, the accountability part. So like people aren't being held accountable for what happened. I remember this past semester, or I think it was probably the fall semester when um, there were nooses hung on a student's door and it was dismissed as a Halloween prank. I don't know about you guys, but I've never heard of anything called a Halloween prank. I've never heard of that, like that it just doesn't exist. So the fact that they weren't willing to hold the people accountable or do anything, that's just really frustrating because what that says to me is people can do stuff like this on campus and get away with it. Um, thinking about the Wharton Center incident when those dolls were hung from that tree, it took them a while to say something about it. Like we were, and that was, we were on SNL. Like that was, I was so embarrassed to be a Spartan at that time, just because like the whole country is basically laughing at us because our university is not doing anything about it. And then um, they said that they would be looking into the incident. And, but like, I don't know. I mean, why aren't those people fired? As far as I know, everybody still works there and they maybe have had like a diversity training, but that's not enough in my opinion just because you're not holding people accountable. You're, when you don't hold people accountable, then it allows for more stuff like that to happen. So that's the first issue. The second issue I would say is um, we have a lack of support when it comes to white or non-black administration. Um, and I would like to see that more, you know, like that if 
this is an issue that should be all of our issues and everybody needs to support black students on campus. Um, I will say that there are a lot of black faculty and administrators that do have our best interests at heart and I appreciate that. However, it is still you guys' responsibility as black faculty and administrators to hold your counterparts accountable and make sure that they're speaking up for us just as much as you do. Um, and one more thing I'm gonna say, um, all skin folk are not kin folk. And um, it's been disappointing to see when there have been black administrators or black faculty that are not there for black students. And you guys need to do better at the end of the day because you know, you're here to support us and to support diversity and inclusion and equity all across campus. So that should not, you know, be a thing. And then my last point that I'm going to talk about is there's just a lack of, there's just a, there's just so much ignorance on campus. And I think about all these incidents that happen and like how they could have possibly been avoided if there was some training or some module in place to have people realize that what they're doing is, you know, not cool at all. And what I'm getting at is there's not a diversity and inclusion training for students. We have SARV and I am so thankful for SARV. SARV is so important. I think that a, a diversity and inclusion training is just as important um, just to combat a lot of ignorance that, you know, students come with because I'm a firm believer in once you know better, you do better. So we need to have that in place. And as a university that, you know, is saying that they are they pride themselves in diversity and inclusion that needs to be a priority for them to have that training for students and it needs to be mandatory but um those are like the three main issues that i think our community faces um if rebecca i don't know if you want to add anything else because you know i know we're in the same community but if you want to like add something else to that yeah um i think one thing as well is civic engagement and just being engaged with the issues it's a lot on black well poc and specifically black people to keep um pressuring and calling out and doing this and doing that and with msu it's been so many incidents where it's just like why are you guys trying to find loopholes when we're telling you as the black people that are being affected that this is hurtful that this is harmful and that you guys as administrators and people of power basically just saying oh this is that oh this isn't that you know it's it's basically just amplifying the hurt and it's continuing that hurt and it's allowing that hurt to erode and to keep happening and now that we see everybody's making a post saying black lives matter oh we're standing with the black community but where were you guys when there were nooses hanging. Where were you guys when these incidents were happening over and over again? What clicked? You know, and but I don't really want to focus on the should'ves and would'ves and could'ves because it's now it's like okay, y'all are saying Black Lives Matter. Y'all are saying that y'all are acknowledging the injustices that are ingrained into our country and every institution that we have, especially Michigan State University. But how are you guys going to actualize that when it comes to? um policy when it comes to practices when it comes to holding people accountable how are you going to do that so and that's really a huge thing i believe is just making sure that y'all are saying this but are you going to follow through and one thing i see just with my community black community is just making sure that we are civically engaged in everything that we do that we are supporting one another that we are present in our political processes but 
I understand that historically black people in POC have been repressed from being involved with the political process. I know that we have just historically not been involved with what happens to our communities. We're not at these tables. The people that are making decisions for us are more than, more than none white men. <laughs> and they've never been in our communities. They've never had conversations. They've never seen what's happening. So how can you make a decision for me and you've never even seen the struggles that I've been through? And when I tell you the struggles that I've been through, oh, that's not that. You know, you just push it to the side, sweep it on the rug. And I think it's time for us as people with the privilege of having voices, having amazing resources like OCAT, having the privilege of being a Michigan State University student. That is a privilege. Even though we endure so much, it's time for us to be at these tables and make decisions for our communities on a policy level, like true reform. And if they say Black Lives Matter, if they acknowledge that, then I want to follow through. We all need to follow through with what that means. I want to see, okay, you guys say Black Lives Matter, but who's on your board? There's no person of color. There's not even any women. How are you saying this, that, and the other? But it's more so as if it's a trend. Everyone's saying it. Everyone's putting the pressure on you. But it's just, oh, yeah, let me just say this. No, it's about actualizing what you actually mean and saying it with your chest and saying it with your actions and also saying it with your money in your pocketbook as well. Because I feel like the money is everything. Like, the pocketbook come for that? But yeah, I can go in more, but. <laughs> <laughs> I could too, that was, yeah. Thanks, Rebecca. Um, yeah, I guess going off what Rebecca said, it's just quite rich to see the university kind of like pop on and kind of like make this statement when, I guess with my experience and being in the president's meetings and kind of working with higher up administration is, all I've seen from time to time past is just put more pushback than anything in terms of everything that we're trying to do and advocate for. Um, I know um, when all the incidents happened, when all the racial, racially charged incidents happened, it was a matter of us advocating for the university to push for more DEI work and advocacy. However, we were hit back with the pivotal question of, well, there needs to be data accumulated on this, or there needs to be some sort of um, curve on this, because right now it's more of word of mouth. And it was kind of rich to see at the administration level just how much systemic barriers are put into place for something as simple as DEI and, re and restorative just on the, on the administrative level. It's kind of rich to see that happening. Um, I guess not only that, but MSU historically has a really big um, history and in hurting POC students overall. I mean, you see it in with the transition of flat rate tuition. You see it in um, just recently with the provost choice, you had two very qualified black candidates and they still, for some reason, went ahead and chose the, just the white woman. I'll be blunt about it. They chose the white woman in the pack. And it was just very, very, very disheartening to see it happen, especially since that candidate had his, had history of not engaging properly with the students at her university. If that's not a red flag as it is already, that should have been just already Disqual I, 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 in my perspective, from a, as a student, as a PLC student, that should have just disqualified her right off the bat. If there's issues on a student level, if you're advocating for students and the students aren't reacting well to it, you're doing something wrong here. 
Um, and I guess not only that, but something that kicked really hard to me um, when taking into consideration the aftermath of the protests in East Lansing is that MSU showed up with a riot car, not the city of East Lansing, MSU PD. I think has Michigan State University painted all over it. Um, they showed up with us with a very highly militarized vehicle there. And I kind of put it into perspective and asked and put the question for me is, how much money does MSU put into its police department? And if it over and if it over goes, how much money is being put into on the city level rather than the university level? We have something completely wrong going on within the university. And I'll just leave it at that. Thanks, Edwin. Um. I feel like, oh, sorry, I just started talking one. <laughs> I was just trying to gather my thoughts on London. I'm sorry. Um, so I feel like everything that everyone else has said, like, I can agree, uh, like, 100%. And, like, that's some experiences that, like, you know, like, we all experience regardless if you're an apostle, BSA, crew. Um, but as a resident assistant, this is something that, like, really bothers me a lot. Um, so as a Latina, they put me in West Circle. And um, I don't know if a lot of people are familiar with, like, North Neighborhood. Um, but it's very, very white. And during during training and stuff, as we go through, like, training to become an RA, like, even the RAs do not get that much training on, like, diversity and inclusion and stuff like that. Um, and I just feel like that's why there's, like, like, even bigger issues on campus. And that's why there's, like, not enough representation within our, like, resident halls, residential halls. Because even for, like, this is something that I even brought up um, at one of our little like staff meetings was the fact that like for like Hispanic Heritage Month, um, African American, uh, what's it called? The African, what, the like, all, like any Heritage Month, no one, like for the bulletin boards, they were so bland and so like, literally people would just staple stuff on walls. But when it was for Christmas and like study tips, they were so pretty. There was so much like research done. And I feel like that really bothered me because, like, you need to educate yourself if you want to be, like, educating other people. Um, and I don't know. That's just something that always bothered me. And I feel like I see that so much on MSU campus. Um, and, yeah, that's just something that, like, really, like, irritates me about um, REHS a lot. <clears throat> okay. Thank you all <clears throat> very much. Juan, it was a question in the comments if, uh, if you don't <clears throat> Yeah, what is it? I, think so, I mean, I think we, uh, I think this platform is unique. Um, and I do want to say that I know um, a lot of people, um, especially with a platform and maybe a large platform at the university are asking, you know, in their positions um, that they are in predominantly white spaces, what are some things that you all would like to see or like to share that they can do that can be beneficial? And I know that uh, oftentimes I don't want you all to feel like you have to solve or educate or do all these things sometimes for um, our white allies. But I do think it's a, important for us to take some things that we might know that they might not know and share. So I just take this time. We have someone in the group who said they're in a place where they're in a leadership position over a majority white community. Um, and they want to, they consider themselves an ally and want to take their allyship to their larger group. And just wanted to have some ideas from you all um, on what that could look like. Because I do think this is a, kind of a unique time where we see so many people speaking up. And I think some people are realizing what um, what racism, what America, what privileges, what, what that is for the first time. So if you all could take some time and think about and share out some things that you can see some of these uh, larger uh, white or uh, non-black or non-POC groups actually do 
to help or continue the movement that we've uh, all started to work on in, um, in this time. Yeah, I can uh, elaborate on that if that's okay. Yeah, <clears throat> so um, in, my, in my view, I believe that the APA you know, uh, community is also facing the same thing. Um, if you think about it, the APA community is moving at the white man's pace. You know, think about it. The APA community didn't really speak up about these you know, recent murders until it was exploded up by media, right? And that's when all, you know, be blunt about it, that's when all the white people started talking about it. So it's, it's all about education. So the reason why, I believe the reason why, you know, the APA community is moving at the pace of a white person is because, you know, we have members that are at all different levels of awareness, you know, many people don't open their third eye until they get to college. And when they do, you know, open the third eye, they realize they find out their own identity. You know, that's a big problem with the APA community. We don't really find our own identity or find our own community until we pay thousands of dollars, you know, for education, which sucks. And because of that, you know, we finally realized, hey, that's my identity. I want to focus on this and make up for what I lost, right? Or what I couldn't make up for. And because of that, they get stuck in their bubble and they don't really, you know, look outside of that bubble and they don't really, so, you know, support the other marginalized communities. So because of that, I really want to use my platform, you know, Apostle to really educate. So to those people who are, you know, lead, you know in good positions, you know, high positions for communities that are non-black, uh, non-POC, really try to um, try to educate your community. Really try to take baby steps because that's the most important things. You can't just go from point A to point B. You really gotta build up for it, and that's what I'm trying with my community. Really trying to open up um, their minds, the third eye. Really open that up because you think about it. Our community, the APA community, at least includes a lot of people that come from different backgrounds. You know, we have international students. We have current, you know, leaders who are trying to find guidance. We have new leaders who, you know, want to look for guidance, and we have even members of our community who have given up on the whole process. So trying to bring all those people together, educate them, and really get them motivated to become a better ally and be an ally, you know, first of all, is something that we all have to face. And I believe the start of that is through education. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think when I think of, I think nowadays the term ally is um, used very loosely. Um, and I think that, and I mean, I, this goes for like most, um, most of our white allies and stuff like that. I, putting a statement out there is nice and all, um, putting something on, being active on social media is active and all, but, um, taking that into consideration is basically, I would much rather see you at our events, in our spaces, in our environments, actually sitting there and taking consideration and look, being with us as a, as a community, rather than being on social media and posting the, posting these statements actually get a first-hand account of what we're going through what our community is saying and what we're doing here rather than actually just saying well i'm going to post something and i'm going to share something on social media and that's where i'm just going to stop it actually sit there take a step back go into our communities and when i say take a step back and go into our communities i mean just take a step back and observe and see what our communities are going through and what we're doing as a joint um as a joint community because nine times out of ten, if you ask us to um, ask us about our events and what we're doing, we will invite you with open arms. There just needs to be that sense of community and commitment. And most of the times, that's what's lacking there. I will also say, too, a small thing, but it's very big in the long term. If you know that somebody is, like, saying something or, like, they have something wrong when it comes to, like, these different things are like they have like the wrong understanding and you have the right understanding 
definitely correct them. Definitely, you know, call them out for it. And you don't have to like put somebody on the spot or anything like that. Or, I mean, or do it if you want to. I mean, it. What, you be the best judgment of that situation, but definitely um, call people out. Don't be afraid. You have to have that courage to, um, you know, to speak out and to, you know, make sure that the right thing is being said. Because a lot of the times, like a lot of people have been saying, there's that ignorance. And if you have the, you know, the way to educate them, speak out on it and say something in the moment, don't wait. Because the longer you wait, the longer that ignorance is going to perpetuate and get stronger. You have to like, call it out in the moment when you see it. Yeah, I completely agree with that. A little background about me is that I live in the Evans Scholars House, which is a scholarship house consisting of 80 people where I'm one of five black women and there's 10 white women and then the rest are white men. I'm actually the diversity and inclusion chair for the house and this I'm the first person ever in this position where I host dialogues and just try to communicate with them um, about um, identity, intersectionality, um, diversity, inclusion, bias, ev all those things. And I've gone to so many discussions with my white counterpart counterparts about how to be allies, what they're saying can be hurtful, how they're not really supporting me. And it's a lot of pushback um, because I think there's just a, a lack of acknowledgement. There's a lack of, oh, I'm not racist. I'm not a bad person, but it's not about you per se about being a racist person it's about more so your identity feeds into this racist society that benefits you and pushes down me as a black woman and it's so important for people to understand one their identity but also how their identity connects with other people's identities and the larger world that we live in because i wish that i could just walk around and feeling completely disconnected but i can't i can't just walk around and or leave a space and leave my identity at the door. I can't do that. I'm a black woman 24 seven. And it's important for us to stress to our white counterparts to understand their identity as being a white person, to understand that the universe or the world, the United States of America really is uplifting you. It's built for you, literally. And it's important um, like Fong was saying, get educated. That's really number one. You have to educate yourself because if you're not educated, how are you going to be an advocate? How are you going to be an ally? And Edwin said that ally is a word that is really used loosely, which it is because you can't, like he was saying, you can't just make a post and that's it. Like you have to be in our spaces. I 100% agree with that. Like um, it's been so many times at OCAT where we've had OCAT Fridays and it's the same people showing up. The same people, the same POC, and maybe some people from ASMSU, but other than that, it's really, you know, not a lot of white people coming to really be in our space or really try to learn or anything like that. And I think it just comes with more so white people or all of us extending ourselves and just creating that community because we all live in this world we all go to you um, michigan state university we're all here trying to succeed and i think if we just come to that consensus that i want to succeed you want to succeed but the world is trying to push me down so how are you going to one acknowledge that and then also like how are you going to help and then for the most part a lot of people don't even know how to help 
they didn't even know that racism really existed. People were just saying all lives matter about like a week ago and didn't really understand the, the lack of sensitivity that uh, that phrase held. So it really just comes with people educating themselves and understanding that the world is bigger than them. And it's gonna come with a lot of white fragility. It's gonna come with a lot of white guilt, but I swear that white guilt and white fragility does not sum up to the feeling of oppression and the feeling that POC and specifically black people feel on an everyday basis when we live in America. I promise you. I, I think those all were beautiful points. And just to add to it, because Edwin brought it up and it speaks to what you all are saying, it's gonna take some courage for mm -hmm. all our people who, uh, who may not feel comfortable in those primarily black or any other POC spaces. And that also goes for as we cross our, our cultural groups as well. Mm -hmm. It's going to take some courage um, and it's going to take some some work, but I think it's worth it if you if you are making those posts that that might be your first step, but it's got to be more after. So um, thank you all for sharing that. So we're doing really good with time and um, I think we have time for one more question. So Megan and Drew, uh, is there a, a favorite I asked you to stop the video. Oh, sorry about that. Something happened. I don't know what happened here. Uh, is there like a favorite question that you want to end with? And then maybe we'll look at the audience to see if they post any other questions that uh, that we could uh, have the panelists answer. Because we, uh, just so everyone knows, we identified a list of questions and then we um, had the panelists think through, you know, which ones they would like to answer but with an hour there's only so much we can cover so uh we have we have time for one more and there I are think, a lot of really good questions yeah i think um if, you know if the audience wants to ask a question this is a just a valuable resource for um learning these student leaders i'm impressed every day by them um but maybe we can also allow them at the very end to kind of leave us with some final thoughts. But is there another question? So for Drew, if you have a question, but then also if the audience has a burning question they, they want to hear too. Yeah, uh, I don't have anything. So maybe like you say, their final thought can be maybe answering their favorite question quickly, like another five minutes or two minutes, two, three, two minutes each maybe, is that enough? Yes, like actually, I want to um, just emphasize also, we're going to continue these green table sessions throughout the summer, hopefully two, um, a month, five month or bi-weekly. Um, so I hope you encourage, are you encouraged to come to stop by and then also to invite other people to learn because yeah. I've learned so much already. So I just want to thank you so much to the students. Like you just, exploded my expectations this is you did amazing but again not there i'm not surprised <laughs> so yeah i want to echo that everybody please share the link and um, share it um we'll try to make sure that we make it open for uh for everybody um i think so it is now yeah email you know uh students can also participate uh but i do want to add one more thing to your final thoughts <clears throat> everyone our uh, panelists and that is um you're working towards something and in the fall you're part of you know your organizations you you're doing so much beyond the classroom um so can you can you share also um what you're focusing on you know this fall 
or this summer leading up to this fall and the upcoming year, uh, what the focus is and how students can get involved or even non-students can get involved in supporting some of these different initiatives that you're a part of. Um, I know it's a lot, but <laughs> thank y'all. Thank you in advance. So um, I kind of talked about this when I was introducing myself, but um, my main focus for the summer is, um, you know, Spartan Remix. Spartan Remix is um, a diverse version of, um, of um, participation, which is like a club fair, but it's so much more than that. And it's, you know, connections to resources. And my, you know, goal for this is to like reinvigorate like that excitement for it. I know that we're in a pandemic right now, but I feel like just because of that, I don't think that Spartan Remix should have to suffer. So I really, really hope that people can come and join the committee and like brainstorm ideas of how we can still make it the same old Spartan Remix that it's always been, just maybe in a different platform. But um, if you wanna get involved with that, like I said, um, I'll put some information in the chat, but you can reach out to me, email OCAT. Um, we're gonna have our first meeting next Wednesday at 6.30. Um, we're probably gonna do it on Zoom. Um, me, and me, me and Megan have some things to like work out first, but um, it's definitely gonna be next Wednesday at 6.30. Um, so yeah, just shoot me an email or shoot OCAT an email so that way like we can send everybody the link when it's time for the committee. Um, but yeah, that's, what a, that's my focus for the summer. Yeah, I get, oh, go ahead. Okay, um, so I'm working with ASMSU. I'm the, like I said, that I'm the diversity and inclusion program director, and I'm also working with Persian to increase voter turnout, voter education, and civic um, engagement on campus. So right now with my organization, BAM as well, I think my main focus is really just getting students, people in our communities to be on the front lines of these decisions that are being made. I um, I think it's an umbrella statement to say that I'm working to dismantle the systems of oppression that uh, hold us down. Uh, that's like an umbrella statement, but I am really just working on education. I think it might be a little bit too broad to just say, go out and vote, 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 because one thing with voting is there is a lack of education when it comes to voting. So just telling someone to vote doesn't really mean much in the eyes of someone that has never been connected to the voting process. So I want to um, increase the knowledge of people about their local government, even about even the city council, um, to get people represented in these spaces. Also, I want to advocate for the victims of police brutality and their families. There have been so many people um, even Trayvon Martin, who sparked the Black Lives Matter movement, his, his murderer has not even been convicted. So I want to work on bringing justice to these communities, to these families. Um, there's countless um, people who have been killed and there has no justice. There's been no justice that has been brought to them. So I want to work on bringing justice to these families and making sure that we are represented in these spaces. And I also just want to say, there was a question that I kind of want to just touch on briefly. It was like, how do you stay motivated um, during this time? Um, I'd say for me, just staying motivated is just 
keeping your eye on the prize, keeping your eye on the goal, keeping your eye on the vision. And the vision for me is just unity, solidarity, um, making sure that we are represented in these spaces. And that's what gets me up in the, in the morning. That's what motivates me to even do calls like this, to be with OCAT, to be with BS, BSA, ASMSU. All these orgs I'm with is for my community, is for my people to make sure that we are uplifted in every single space, in every single moment, that we're not forgotten, that we're not put down because there isn't a time where we're gonna go back anymore there's no going back to normal we're only going with we're shifting in the direction our god is literally realigning our steps real to be in the position that we need to be um so it's important for us to make sure that we are directing society in the way that we want it to go and it's important for us to set our intentionality and for us to inset our to state our vision constantly to others and people in our circle so I just hope everyone stays motivated. Make sure that we're taking time for our mental health. Go on some walks, take some deep breaths. Make sure you're eating your fruit and your veggies. Drink your water. Um, but yeah, the fight is not over at all. It's continuous. Yeah, um, I guess for me right now, what I'm focusing on is really trying to balance. Um, I'm really trying to balance my journalism between my activism. Um, and just kind of really trying to find the very um, fine line between one and the other. Um, something I like to tell um, my colleagues, especially in the journalism field, is that um, when they call some of my articles like, well, that's activism, that's not, I, just, I just like to like point out and say, it's kind of coming from a privilege standpoint, if you're able to write something, if you're able to write about something and not call it activism, it's just, um, something that I'm starting to realize and kind of in tune with my writing and kind of trying to move forward with it as I go uh, moving on. Currently, right now, what I'm working on, um, similar to Rebecca's voter registration and trying to get people, as many people out there, um, whether it be in Wayne County and East Lansing, um, registered to vote and ready for the upcoming elections, whether that be local and the presidential one. Um, and I guess, not, and not only that, but also echoing what Rebecca said, the education that comes with it. Currently, right now, I'm looking at every single candidate's platforms, policies, and trying to put um, a really good substantive um, article-based situation in where I basically look deep into each candidate's policies, if they said anything on police brutality, if they said anything on cooperation with ICE, all these little mini issues that people need to get educated on to make that really informed decision at the end of the day, um, to kind of get them going and um, seeing them vote and seeing the turnout that's going on um, with these upcoming elections. I know Wayne County is um, scheduled to vote this August, um, and it's something that's big and upcoming and really huge that I wanna see a difference come out on, because I know our generation, our generation, our population in general, it hasn't really been keen on um, showing up to the polls. It, show, it, it was relevant with the whole Bernie Sanders case. It was relevant in this whole upcoming election. And I really wanna see that change because in order for things to change on a systemic level, we need to start voting, we need to start showing up in masses, and we need to start making an educated vote at most too. And all I, I, that's all I really wanna see change at the moment. And in terms of staying motivated, um, I'm a big book junkie, I'm a big news junkie. <laughs> and at the end of the day, if you need to turn on Family Guy South Park, do what you gotta do and get a good laugh at the moment because <laughs> it's tough out here right now, y'all. <laughs> um, Thank you, Um, so for me, like my focus with crew and stuff, I kind of mentioned in the beginning, it's retention rates. Um, I feel like a lot of times, like students go to college and you're first generation, but once you get there, like you don't really have the support that you need. Um, it's really difficult to like find the community that you feel like comfortable with. 
Um, so our goal and crew is to like be able to be there for students, um, try to figure out what students need and how we can help um, get them all the resources they need. And another thing also, like everyone mentioned, like voting, like Rebecca said, like we're not really educated on voting and it's hard. And usually like before any election, students are trying to figure out like, where am I registered? Like, am I in East Lansing? Am I back home? And it's just become so messy. So trying to like make that process like smoother and try to figure out like how we can register students to vote um, and have those conversations. Cause a lot of times, like some people, like they can't even vote, but they still want like, you know, like creating allies, like where I'm, like a lot of people are like, oh, well, I can't vote because of like my status and stuff like that. But how can you talk to other people and say like, well, this is like what's affecting me. Um, so like maybe you should vote on something like that. So just having those conversations is something that I really want to like bring to crew. Um, yeah, yeah uh, last but not least me. Um, so for me, um, really, like, like I said, try to get people to be more proactive than reactive really try to educate people and um, make sure that you know what no make sure to let them know what they're fighting for really have them think deeper and have them open up that third eye once again try to realize that you know there's more than just the surface really you know we can start by changing the education uh, education system you know even at msu for example we can take those ethnic study classes try to incorporate them with iss classes you know allowing more majors like me engineering to get access to the you know deeper thinking levels of um, of those issues, really try to change that up so that we can hit you know all communities and really try to educate them. Okay, um, if there are no more questions, it's one on one. I think we did really good in terms of time management here. Thank you to the panelists so much for um, you know uh, your your statements, your honesty, your vulnerability. Um, it's really appreciated and, and it, it, it means so much coming from you because you're currently living this as student leaders in your communities. And, and we all know that it's so hard to you know juggle everything that you've got going on. I'm sure you all have jobs as well that you have to like, you know, go to to make some money while being an advocate and being, being an ally and being, being a leader in your community. And so I uh, just want to, I just personally want to say that it was very insightful to hear from you all. Um, you're so well-rounded. Continue to fight the good fight, you know, continue to speak your truth, uh, use your voice and uh, uplift your, your community, all, all communities really, you know, be that vessel, you know, for, for the campus community and your communities back home. Um, so I just want to say thank you so much and I look forward to seeing you all 